Podcast. How did my hairbrush get left behind? Now my hair's like this knotted mess. And I intentionally didn't brush it because I was going to do it on camera. Okay. What a strange world this is. Yeah. Does anybody have a brush? My hair looks crazy. I just realized you probably don't. <laughs> yes, anything that rakes through hair. I was like, I don't have hair. I look like, <laughs> right, nobody here has hair. Just my luck, I'm on a show where no one has hair. And this is the finest of fibers, I promise you, sir. So nothing will happen. Lord, I feel like a, this is why I can't be a lace front girl. My braids are coming back in this weekend. I cannot wait. It was eight days of a real housewife. I don't like it. <laughs> I feel like I have a pet poodle that I need to take care of at all times. Okay. I look very Cleopatra right now. Let's do some over here. Sorry, guys. Without a brush, I'm just using Michael's emergency comb. Ugh. Okay. All right. I think we're, we're afraid to do the show. Uh, all right. We can get started. Car, can you hear yourself? I can hear myself. We're taping? All right, I guess the show is officially starting. Uh, for those of you who were not in the studio watching me struggle, I'm wearing a lace front for the next um, eight days because my braid, hair braider wasn't available. And I'm telling you, I feel like a real housewife of Koreatown. Like, <laughs> I don't think I was meant to do this. Before we get started, we have to drink. Okay. You said that you don't drink brown liquor. Yeah, um, but wild this, things happen. Wild things happen, but we actually want a wild show. Can you guys hear me okay? I can't hear myself for some reason. Do I, have to I can hear you. I can hear myself. This happens every week where I can't hear myself, and then I find out that I'm the problem. Are my headphones on backwards again? Mic check. Okay, oh, there we go. I just have to put it closer to my mouth. This is a little phallic. We're going to pour you some brown liquor. Just Hold a on. little taste. I'm going to count like a bartender. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Kara, I know you don't drink brown liquor, but this shows how much you trust me. Um, what are we going to toast to? Mm. Let's toast to good girls finishing first for once. I'm here for it. Yes. Nice girls finish first. I whites. Salud. Let's Salut. get the show started. Ah, and this is the part where you play the music. warm it was a little warm wasn't that like a warm hug you see how we both looked at that water like should we yeah we have water although Kara said you said you were going to be doing a cleanse yes and so i got you this called what is it melon rose um it is watermelon rose water lemon mint boabab i don't know what that means Ooh. and vegan probiotics so we actually Fancy. have a healthy rose to drink Yay. in addition to the brown liquor that is crawling around my throat right now. All right, so you guys are hearing this beautiful voice. Kyra, make sure your mouth is next to the microphone so they can hear all of your beautiful voice. I hope they can see your face. For those of you who are, are watching, um, Kyra, this is your camera over here. This is my camera here. This is my friend, Takara Ross. Uh, Takara, introduce yourself. Who are you and why are you in this hot seat today? Because I think a lot of people have seen you and I in my videos, and so they know that you and I are close, but give yourself the official introduction. My name is Takara Renee. I am, I think most people know me as an athlete. 
Most people know me as an athlete. I'm 13, 13 plus years as a professional athlete. You better flex. Look, super <laughs> grateful to still be on these knees. Like literally these knees have kept me going. So um, yeah, I am a 13 year vet, professional basketball player. I'm also more than an athlete, y'all. We she really is. She's into publishing. She's an artist. If you've seen her fashions, she's a fashion plate. Um, Kyra, you were supposed to, speaking of you being an athlete, you were supposed to go out with me last night. What was yesterday? Yesterday was Monday. I did. Yeah, yeah. it was the day after Thanksgiving, the day of the the, the day of the dead. And uh, Takara and I were supposed to go uh, salsa dancing with my friend Rosa Acosta. If you have a pulse and you were around for the the high period of uh, video models, you know who Rosa Acosta is. She's mm. gorgeous. And we were all supposed to go out yesterday. And why didn't you come with me, Takara? Mm-hmm. Tell mm. the people why you backed out on me See, last night. See what had happened was right. I wanted to take care of my body, uh-huh. and I realized that I was not ready. Kyra hit me up and said, dancing. "My knees are not meant for salsa dancing." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "This is my money." So, because you are an athlete, you had a lot of surgeries. Yes. What is it like to be someone who's supposed to be a superior physical specimen, but what you do actually means that your body literally is like your instrument? So you have to, you can't go salsa dancing on a Monday night with literally me. Literally can't go salsa dancing, and I was like, "Ooh, Rosa." Oh, and I, she fine. Should she, I? Shout out to Rosa. Should I make these knees work? You should have. Yeah. <sighs> so, but I chose my health. And on top of that, I just, <sighs> I've had seven knee surgeries. Seven? I've had seven knee surgeries. What does that say when I am sedentary and I've never, ha- I've never had knee surgery and here you are being an athlete. See, boys and girls, don't exercise. I'm just playing. Look, just no, the playing. real MVP is every trainer that I've had, every physical therapist that I've had who's able to get me back to the highest level of my game after every surgery. There's a couple people give up after one or two. Yeah, that's true. And, I'm, and I've dated a lot of trainers, so I feel like I know how much trainers take it personal when their clients are doing well and not doing well. What does it feel like when your body is your paycheck? You have to be mindful of everything. Just like going salsa dancing last night. I was like, mm. mm that's the excuse you're going to use. No, okay. you shouldn't be cutting and turning right now. <laughs> oh, yo, come on, Val. You could have been doing a little twir- and twirl with Look. us. I have a, a very important job in January, so um, getting back into the game, I took a few months off to get my body, my mind, everything together, so we're not risking the coins right now. That's true. Do not risk the money to go dancing with us. I will say this, though. Having you in town for this long is so surreal for me. For those of you who have basketball players in your lives and you know what it's like when you have professional athletes that you care about, they leave for months on end. So I'm used to like not seeing you in the fall. So Ten the months fa- out of the year. Right. So the fact that you've been here for the fall, I'm like, why are you here with the pumpkins? Like, yeah. I'm not used to that. This is the longest time I've been in America. How do you feel being stateside? So strange. I'm itching to go back overseas. Oh, I was one of the few that traveled during the pandemic because I couldn't sit my oh, ass down. Y'all hear that? She got COVID tested, guys. Don't Look, judge me. She got time, COVID tested. I literally came back from Switzerland in a hazmat suit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I w- It wasn't a game. I knew about COVID prior. See, here's the thing. Oh, yeah, that's true because the rest of the world I was cared about COVID before we did. So, so Italy got hit really hard. So we were very aware of what was going on. And I was like, oh, yeah, hazmat suit, check, gloves, all, before all y'all. All right, so, Kyra, the show is called Humanized. You know how we do. And so I'm going to jump right into it since you mentioned traveling as an athlete. What is it like getting booty when you are a traveling athlete? Because look at Lamar's face. Lamar's like, we're gonna, Lamar, you know how we just jump right into it. We have about two <laughs> minutes of, of warm up and, and now let's get, get into it. the show. I dated a professional athlete that I was convinced was on some whole shit. And so I've always wondered if I could ever fully try. Fix your face. And look at your face. Kara and I had a moment. I think I was drunk a couple years ago. We've been friends since 2015. So that's yeah. like, what, six years now? 
Then that flew by, actually. It feels longer. Which moment? Because there was one moment where you was like, you called me a fuckboy. No, that's, that's what I was, I was saying. So <laughs> me and Kyra had a moment where we were at a pool party and drinks were flowing. And there were free drinks, so don't give me free drinks. And Kyra was describing the way that she dated at the time. At the time. In my defense, you have changed dramatically. So I feel like there might be some... Some, uh, you know, some credence to what I was trying to say poorly. I said it poorly, but she there was some credence. Well, I was drunk and I'm a tourist. You know how we are. Mm-hmm. Which Kyra's talking about how you date and you were just giving one of those future, like, hey, I live in the moment. And if you catch me in that moment, then we had that moment together. And I was just like, mm, this sounds like a future text. And so I said, oh, so you're a fuckboy. And Kyra's spirit left her body. It's the only time in our friendship where she looked like she wanted to smack me. I felt so offended. <laughs> Until we started explaining how fuckboys move and then you got real quiet. Yeah, I was like, okay, I can see how it's a little... It, it can... Not all like fuckboys fuck have bad boys. intentions and we have to take that away from right. the narrative of fuckboys. The the worst fuckboys are the ones who don't know. Yes. I, yeah. I was very aware of... I am always very aware of the movements that I make. As I tell yes. all the people that I date um, or, you know, I have no problem being monogamous or anything, but I have this this way about my life i like to be both held and free y'all hear the fuck boy already already coming out and this is years yeah. later i mean she's no i'm just joking but you you see how that could get a slippery slope you know Absolutely. i want to be held but i also want to be free baby girl uh-huh and then what happened kara see what happened was look let me just let me just say that i do not speak for all professional athletes or athletes who live live abroad mm-hmm. we all do our own little thing but you have to understand, it's, it's no different than being back in America, being back in the States, being in L.A. and dating. I'm dating abroad. So I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do the same thing. Right. So, well, for me, I'm not dating my teammate. Let's just say that. I know a lot of oh, I, people I totally would. date their teammates. I totally would date my teammates. Because you're around them all the time. Yeah, I would totally go for it. The Americans, the import. Like, it's just, Let's go. Let's go back to the bunk. Mm-hmm. I've learned very quickly that you should not... I, why? No, it's so convenient. Me. It's mm-hmm. so warm. They're already traveling with no, you. No, but there's no separate. It's very hard to, to. Um, what did you tell me the other day? You can set boundaries. Oh, yes. I gave you a speech about setting yeah. boundaries versus enforcing, enforcing them. Enforcing them. Yeah. It's very hard to enforce your boundaries when you up under somebody all the time. That's true. I got to eat with you. I got to sleep with you on road trips. I got to... Um, practice i gotta do all the community service things with this and what if you lose a game for us and now i'm looking at you crazy and i don't want to talk to you as a teammate even though we're supposed to be holding each other so i gotta get my feelings together you know i will say though six years ago you were more like i don't want to say you were more free but you were floating around i was absolutely more free it was it was kind of like you know that that the analogy of the plastic bag floating in the wind in the parking lot you were just kind of floating but as the years have gone, I've seen, I've watched you become more, more grounded, mm-hmm. and I've seen your evolution. And mm-hmm. I would not even jokingly, because I was joking back then. Yeah, no, I, I would not even jokingly call you fuckboy now. Like you're the complete extreme opposite of a fuckboy now. You're the, you're the super thoughtful. I thought we were building something type. Now <laughs> you see how karma gets you. And I feel like I've always been that way, but I had the freedom to. Let's, let's backtrack. No one kept my attention long enough. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to, especially as a Taurus, if you're not going to catch my attention long, hold my attention long enough, yes, I'm going to float. Yeah, we do float. Oh, for those of you who haven't noticed, um, anybody who knows about astrology, you know that I always mention the signs of my my guests. Me and Kyra are two Tauruses, and it's so funny. Tauruses are known for having a strong presence, having strong features, and having nose rings. And I just realized... <laughs> We both look like two tourists. We, we talk about this all the time. We're the same people. We really are the same people. Kyra's the nicer, taller version of me. 
But on the inside, we're thinking all the same shit, and some of her stuff is spicier, actually. Oh, I got some stories for Yeah, ya. she's more tactful than I am outwardly, but in the brain, I'm actually seeing Care Bears, and she's like, yo, everybody can catch this smoke. Look. <laughs> Which I love about us, though, right? They're like, oh my God, your friend is so sweet. She's so quiet. I'm like, she's thinking all the shit I'm thinking, but okay. I just didn't say it out loud. Well, here's one of the things that I love about you, and this is something that I can say rarely. I feel like every episode, I have to give my friends their flowers, because if you guys haven't noticed, so far, we don't have a booking department. I just have people I like as human beings on this show. I'm going to run out of friends, guys. I don't know how many more episodes of Humanized we're going to have. She's going to put us on repeat. Right, just a repeat. We call them friends of the show. Oh, friends of the show. Like so you'll be back in a couple of weeks. There you go. New topic. Brian, I, I think Brian's already getting ready for his next appearance. Shout out to Brian Henry. We got so much feedback from that cat daddy episode of his, which is hilarious because the sexiest parts of the show didn't even make it. There was 20 minutes of sexy talk afterwards that didn't make it. So if y'all thought that was good, wait till he comes back for the sex episode. Um, but Kyra, one of the things I love about you is all my friends have different things that they do that make me feel really good. You are the person I know who will show up for me the way that I would show up for me. Mm. And that is your superpower, right? You love exactly in the way that I give and am waiting to receive. Mm. So there have been times where I've been in Atlanta about to get into a fist fight and I run into a bathroom and you'll be in, you know, Greece somewhere and I'll be taking like, I don't know what time it is in Greece, bitch, but do, talk, we, do we need to book a flight? Talk me down from this because this host about to get, like Kara is, yeah, you're the phone a friend. There have been many heartaches. We've watched each other get our hearts broken like a million times. We've gone through I, together and I'm not quite sure I would have gone, I would have, been able to go through a lot of those experiences if you weren't there there's been some long conversations about now now takara Look, you don't love too much who has no problem checking me let's just say that no problem but you need you ever, all of us need a friend that'd be like look bitch i love you so much you know what you're doing i love you yeah the press i love you but bitch you know what you're doing yeah, I'd be like, I know you set that boundary, but bitch, you didn't enforce Look, it. And because we're the same people, he was like, I know. Yeah, she talks to me. And here's the thing. When you talk to me, though, when it's my time to get checked, I'd be like, damn, is that how it feels? <laughs> I'm like, this kind of hurt, but it's true. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you're instant karma for me. And one of the things that we lament about the most is, and we've had to re reframe this, we're not too nice. No. We are, and, and I'm going to say this very intentionally, and you let me know if I'm miswording anything. Me and Takara are often people who others find intimidating for various reasons. No, mm -hmm. I didn't say we're intimidating. I said others are intimidated. Mm -hmm. That nuance matters. Come on. She is a tall drink of water pro athlete. I am a, a cute, chubby, spicy, I wish a nigga would. Like, we both are very aware of our energetic real estate, right? And so when people see us, they're like, oh, that's a whole lot of women for various reasons. Then they start dating us and we're washing their feet and making them sandwiches and bringing them a warm towel. And they're like, oh, you were really nice. Like, I thought you were going to be scary, but you're actually the extreme opposite. Happens all the time, especially in the court. They're like, I thought you was a bitch. Right. Everybody thinks we're a bitch because we have resting bitch face. And we're also spicy socially to strangers. But at home, we're Care Bears. And what happens, and I talked to you about this before we got into the car, people are left with a decision. Do I take advantage of her because she's much nicer than I thought? Or do I lean into the fact that someone that powerful is being that vulnerable with me? Mm. And unfortunately, Kara, unfortunately, <laughs> which one do they usually choose? They usually try to manipulate us and gaslight us and, and treat us like shit in the same breath. Yeah. Yeah. And part of, do I dare call it my Achilles heel mm -hmm. a bit, is is that it's grace and, and, and just yeah. loving on people when they do not deserve to be loved on i will on outgrace that. somebody and the car we get mad at each other at for this look somebody recently kirked out on me and i showed them grace 
And Kyra was like, that's fair. However, this bitch, she she got hype, right? But then two weeks ago, I saw you showing grace to somebody who I think needs to kick rocks. Right. And I was about to show to her house. And completely checked me. I was like, girl, why are you doing this? And so I do think that for the sake of us not being victims, we're not too nice and they're not taking too much advantage. What we need to do is take responsibility for having better discernment. Absolutely. Which is why we started the 100 Days Self-Care Challenge. Child, we started this self-care challenge on September 1st. Yes. Carol, why don't you tell people how the first month went? <laughs> the first month of our self-care challenge. I was dragging myself. I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all y'all need to know. The, first <laughs> mo- the whole point of the self-care challenge was for 100 days, we we're going to put ourselves first. Yes. Which is very hard for us. We actually don't enjoy putting ourselves first because we love loving up on people. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of... I can say no to you because I'm saying yes to me. Sounds like something, especially in LA. Right. It sounds doable, but it's very hard for people like I want to spoil you and buy you stuff and pet you. I wish, well, I'm doing this now. I'm treating myself finally like I treat everybody else. Yeah. It's taken a long time to get here. Well, here's the thing about your first month. We had a, we both had a, a really rough first month. I went blonde. Like, you know, a black woman's going through something when she changes her hair color. That first month humbled us. The second month, we both disengaged from situationships. We're not going to mention anybody's name. We both disengaged from situationships <laughs> that we had no business being in. I stumbled into a bunch of weird dating situations after that. Oh. Kyra ended up... Oh, I cut it cut it from the neck. No, but Kyra ended up getting all booed up in the beach somewhere. Oh, I did. Well, prior to that, we had cut we had cut situation. Yeah. We had cut it out. And that's how I was able to lay up on a beach. See, that's a flex, but like I, I feel like I cut off things as well i didn't get a beach i just got more weird your beach is coming my beach is coming y'all hear that i'm gonna claim it my beach is coming what does it feel like when you have to give up on a dream that you created around somebody but i realized that both people that we cut off they weren't all that amazing i mean no they're not bad people they're good people but they weren't as amazing as the amount of emotional intention that we were directing at them what they were Mm -hmm. offering us was not that amazing I think we were both addicted to the dream that we built around them, right? Oh, absolutely. So how do you kill off a dream when you're attaching it to a person? Light questions, Cara. Oh, goodness. There's somebody right now who's going through a breakup or who needs to be breaking up with somebody who's going to be listening to this episode and they're going to be hearing themselves through you. I tell myself the truth. I literally, I had been lying to myself the entire time. Every every day I I concocted this false story this maybe false they'll narrative. change maybe they'll change and it wasn't that i wanted to change them because i know how that works i'm not going to change you but i thought by me doing my work that was going to somehow give you more space to change you're going to be so inspired by my glow up that you can glow up too no leeches like glows leeches like glows yeah they absolutely do and they're like oh you're i'm gonna stick around a little bit longer this is warm this is cushy like i like your glow I, oh you got the bag i want the bag too. like a parasite and mind you we're not demonizing folks. Good people get addicted to the sauce too. Mm-hmm. You can be a good person and someone spoils you and you suddenly start becoming an opportunist, not because you're a bad person, but because you get entitled to taking. Absolutely. And so I, I want to make sure that the folks, because I feel like they're both going to watch this episode. I, f- <laughs> I want to make sure that the folks that we've cut off recognize that we're taking accountability for our part while also saying you had us fucked up. Absolutely. I co-created <laughs> all that trauma, but in the same breath, you knew that and you took advantage and you fucked up for that. 
Ooh, okay. And she looked right into the camera for that. We're supposed to go into Hot Topics first. And I feel like because I've, I'm so comfortable with you, I totally skipped that part. The Hot Topic that I did want to talk about with you specifically was Jada Pinkett Smith and mm. Will Smith. You guys know that they've been in the news recently. Again. Again. This could be an evergreen episode because they're always in the news. Always in the news. And in this episode, she was talking about how being married for a long time since and being with Will since she was like 22 she started to get into a space where she expected her partner to be able to anticipate her sexual and emotional needs. And she realized that that was not a good space to be in. However, the soundbite that was used was Jada saying, I'm tired. And she sounded like the Harriet Tubman of married people. And once again, made Will Smith. Poor Will. We need to do a telethon for Will. So my question is, without demonizing <laughs> Jada, because mm-hmm. I do think that what she says is often valid. It's the platforms in which it is said. And some things just don't need to be said. Keep it in your bedroom. The Keep red table needs to be a folding table that y'all put away sometimes. <laughs> I don't and think she hasn't quite figured that out. Like, I love Jada, but sometimes you, you don't have to tell everybody your business. And people don't realize the red table talk is, is taped at their house. Yeah. So he's being called out in his like living room every time. I can I couldn't imagine sitting in that energy every night. Yeah, you got you know guests that come in and tell their stuff, but when your when your partner uses that same space to to talk about your life and your per- like and your failures and your failures to the public. But then again, well, you knew that that was part of the essence of who your who your who your wife was. So you. So the first thing this underscores that I want to ask you about the importance of picking the right person to build with. And I'm going to say something that I wouldn't have said five years ago. I don't think picking the right person to build with can only be about love. Absolutely. I think me at 25, oh, if I love you, then you're the right person. No, 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 no. Do you have the kind of discernment Mm -hmm. that makes you an asset rather than the liability with how I'm moving through the world, Mm -hmm. right? Do we have similar value systems? How do you show up when I disappoint you? One of the quotes that we had from a previous episode that somebody pulled out and turned into like a meme was, I said something about, how when someone loves me, I always watch how they act the first time I disappoint them mm. or make them not happy. Because in that moment, almost like a child, I'm watching to see, will you still love me when I'm not shiny? And a lot of people, when I disappoint them, they become judgmental and mean. Absolutely. And I remember that. And so Absolutely. now I'm like, oh, now I'm, I'm not, never allowed to be not be perfect because you're going to be judgmental and mean to me. Absolutely. So with the, with the situationship I was in, I realized that when I wasn't so shiny, when I wasn't so loving... And I disappointed that person because I couldn't finally show up for them. Mm -hmm. They pointed out every time that I started to disappoint them. Every time that they felt like I didn't show up for them, which was a small list. Which is stingy considering the abundance that you were showering with. Exactly. I remember, and I can, again, I can call call this out. I remember literally a situation where this person noticed one time when I didn't, I stopped taking out the trash. I have this thing. I grew up in a very, like my mother was like, you clean and everything. We, we just, that's just how we were. Mm-hmm. So little things about me, you don't even have to know me and I'll come in your house and I'll see like a little, some trash. Let me take the trash out on my way out. I'm going out. It's right. not a big thing. This person literally noticed when I stopped taking the trash out for them. I knew when you stopped loving me, when you stopped taking the trash out for me. Wait, not when I was what? paying for the rent or helping you or buying your groceries get, get back or on your feet. helping you. You missed all that with life. Okay, great. I Penny. love that you mentioned that because I had a friend recently, not even somebody I'm dating, and he said something to the effect of, "You always do that," and it was something that I do as a playful thing, mm. and I literally only do it as a way of banter because you know I like to joke around, and he said it like you shouldn't do that because it's negative, and I was like, "Bruh." 
if you knew how much negative shit I'm, I literally like the heat of a thought. And I was like, Ooh, girl. But I was like, no pause blue. He thought that he had a moment of clarity where he saw something and felt the need to share. Maybe you need to get more clear. And I was like, no, because he would cry. Right. If I pointed out all the things that he always does, he'd be up, he'd be in my, on my couch crying. And so I think part of the, the, the outgracing people is I'm willing to let things go that a, a, a more judgmental person would double click on. But I'm still aware of them. So when you get judgmental with me, now I'm nervous for you because mm. I know my list is longer. Not because I'm keeping a list, just because I remember everything. Does that exactly. make sense? Which, and I will say this too as well. Kara, how do you identify as far as sexual orientation? Everybody knows I'm pansexual. How do you identify? Um, Queer. I used to wear queer. I felt like you were going to say queer. I love that. And so I, because I've dated men and women, thought that it'd be different between men and women. It's the same with masculine energy. Whether you're dating a, a woman or a man or gender nonconforming, masculine energy. is masculine energy. Wherever it lives. Even when it lives in women, guys. So this is not a, a thing about us being man haters. Anywhere that you have hyper masculine energy is gonna be some 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 fragile fragile stuff happening. Mm. <laughs> so how did you and I and I don't wanna make, make this too much about our exes, but speaking it back to like Will and Jada, how would you feel if you had a partner who as part of their platform, let's say you were the Will. How would you feel if you had a partner who who as part of their platform was constantly sharing very vulnerable things? about the shortcomings of your relationship. I would have hoped they would have had a conversation. I mean, she probably told him. Prior to the taping. <laughs> I mean, telling somebody and asking somebody, there's different right. kinds of conversations. Exactly. I would have hoped there would have been a place where my partner asked me if it was appropriate to share these intimate things. In most cases, they don't. Yeah. In most cases, you're the banter going back and forth. You're like, oh, I have an example for this. Let me use this as, you know, as the story to, to talk about. That's typically how it goes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I would feel horrible to constantly because I, I personally think it's humiliating. Oh, I think it's, I think it's demoralizing, and I, and I don't use this word often because I find it, it's often used problematically. I do see how somebody might find what happened with Will and Jada emasculating, and emasculation Absolutely. is not a word that I throw around lightly. But I'm not even a man, <laughs> and I was like, damn. That's a lot. Because there's a level of discernment and you felt empathy for him. You're like, what would, how would I feel if I was in his place? Yeah. To me, there's some things that are bigger than gender. Actually, I think most things are bigger than gender. And she constantly does it as if she has no care about this man's feeling. But you do. You love him. You've been married for him. For, but that's what goes back to what you said. Yeah. It's more than love. It's bigger than love. How? And then for him, it's like, oh, I want to be a fly on the wall. I wonder what those conversations look like every time. It's been exposed. Well, he's he's she's a Virgo and he's a Libra. And as someone who's seen that relationship play out with, in my friend groups, I I have a sneaking suspicion how it goes. He says something about feelings, mm. and then she says something cerebral that makes it sound altruistic and self righteous. Mm. And then so then he's made to feel like it's for the greater good, even though it's personally dishonoring him. Mm. That's and as a Libra, he's like, okay, he's like, well, I love her, and she's right. It it might help somebody. Okay, but it's destroying you, <laughs> right? And at some point, something destroying you. What do I always say? You should never be in a relationship where you have to set yourself on fire to keep somebody mm. else warm, right? And I feel like Will's been set on fire in front of us too many times. So, look at Lamar's face. Too many times. <laughs> All those men who are bitter about women, I feel bad whenever a Will and Jada story happens. I'm like, oh, he's going to be triggered again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the, all the men who have... Lamar just said on behalf of the the the, the hurt man uh, contingent that they are all very upset. Women are upset. So I can't imagine how dudes feel, right? And, and I will say this, though. I honestly think that she believes she's doing the right thing. She absolutely does. 
which is why you have to be really careful about getting drunk off your own hubris. Mm. Like, I'm on the podcast, right? I'm not just on this podcast. I'm on Jason Lee's podcast. I work for The Griot. I literally make a living sharing my personal thoughts. I could easily be the girl who was constantly setting up my partners to be fodder for my, my material. You've never heard me talk about a current relationship. Mm. I only talk about failed relationships, crazy dates, or people that I'm not sure about. But when I'm actually with somebody, it's crickets, tumbleweeds, right? And so... I understand where she's coming from because a lot of people make their living doing that, but I also think it's unkind and unfair. My question to you, though, is the one thing she did say that I really did think was valuable was about understanding your partner's sexual needs. How do you, when she talked about thinking her partner would know her sexual needs, how do you tell a partner they're not hitting it right? Like that, you're not hitting it right. Well, Kara, uh, I'm not, okay, Kara, that's very <laughs> unsexy. <laughs> okay, I can't speak on having nobody else who's sleeping with Kara, but if, if I was laying with you and you were like, you're not hitting it right, I'm like, all right, bitch, I'm going no, to sleep. I don't mean it as, as, as direct <laughs> as that. Look at that. face. Look, Look I don't mean it as direct as that, but I think it's a personal conversation of like. During or after? I need more. During or after? After. Lamar, don't answer for her. Lamar after. just said, uh-uh, after. Lamar, you can't answer for well, the guest. I mean. He's been triggered by this episode. Well, no, but there are ways, and I've, I've had personal experience, but there are ways when during the situation you can be like, oh, I need this. I need that. Mm -hmm. Do this. Do that. We've all done that. We've all, and I don't even call it coaching. But we there's some people that. who think you're playing and you being serious. Like if, if you like if somebody's going down on you, you say stop. They'd be like, oh, I'm doing so good. She's telling me to stop. No, you're hurting. Me. Like, right. you know what I mean? So like right. sometimes you're trying to coach them and they think you're being cute. Mm. So then you have to after after you have to create this for me. I would create a very loving space, a very open, transparent space. Play some Maxwell. Look. Have mm. a diagram out. Because I'm thorough. Uh -huh. <laughs> but no, I would. Just, I like these things. Can we try these things? You know, what's so funny. My first partner my first love the person who i count because there were a lot of people i said before, before that I didn't count and we were having a uh an intimate conversation about sex and i and we had been friends for a while first so we were friends for i think like a year first a year and some change and he had seen me like in like the edge of my whole face and so he was like the reason why i didn't want to holler at you oh yeah shake up the probiotic car's about to make us drink the healthy the healthy rosé right now um he was like i've seen you like in your whole face. No, we're not getting sponsored, girl. Put it down. We will, look, we will though. After <laughs> we this will get episode, sponsored. Look. So he he had seen me date kind of like casually, and he was like, "I'm scared to date you because I've seen how easily you you discard people." And I was like, "Cause I'm just like hoeing. Like I'm, I'm this is my whole phase. Like if you are my friend and working a date, obviously I'm gonna treat you in a better way." He was like, "No, I need to know that you won't run." And I realized that like at that point that like my daddy, because my father had intimacy issues, I was kind of emulating my father. And I was kind of just like dating six weeks and then you'd be out. Mm. And so because it was, it was my first time dating a friend, I was like, okay, with you, I'm going to be more intentional. You know what happens when you tell somebody who loves you that you're going to be intentional? You take it to heart now. Like this person was vulnerable with me and told me they're scared of me leaving. So now I have to be super intentional with them. So before we had sex, I said, is there anything you want to talk about? And he said, the first time I went down on a girl, she grabbed me by the forehead with the palm of her hand and pushed my head away. And that has traumatized me so much that I will never go down on another girl. And I was like, well, how are we supposed to have sex? Because I have lady parts. And so we had to negotiate around that. But for the entire relationship, I was dating someone who told me that critique crippled them forever. Like, they could not take that one bit of critique the first time they went. It was the first time he went down on Okay, so that person's not in your life now. How'd that work out? What did that look but like? But here's the thing. It was the worst sex of my life, and I was not allowed to say anything. 
Why? <laughs> because he will, He already told me he went to shambles because the girl was like, you're doing it wrong. And so after that, I became super communicative mm-hmm. to the point where I later became a phone sex operator. That's how, This is my origin story, guys. He's the reason why I'm so extra communicative now. Mm. Because I spent a whole year and a half of my first love not being able to say this sex is bad. Well, I didn't have a traumatizing situation like that. You think that's trauma? Uh, that's, that, is, that is a little bit traumatizing. Trauma. It was a, I mean, there were some times where he was poking the wrong thing. I was like, where is that going? Yeah. But it takes one or two of those situations to literally be like, okay, I need to open my mouth. Literally and figuratively. Or I'm not going to get what I want. Yeah. And so you would say, it d- d- not during, but after. I would do both. Oh. Yeah, I would do both. Only because um, I have no problem communicating. So oh, this is lovely. It, it is. It's very light. This is a light rosé. It's oh. very light. We're gonna. Ha- yeah, I like it. But no, I'm. I'm gonna do it both. I'm gonna do it in a very loving and nurturing and sexy way during, and I'm going to circle back after and ask, "Did you hear me?" You know who I am. I'm the girl who likes to do it before. I like to have a phone call where we just talk about all types of fun, freaky shit ahead of time. Because that way there's no stakes. Like, you at your house, I'm at my house. Even if you come over, it's a conversation where we're not about to have sex at all. We're about to watch a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. It could be Bob's Burgers playing in the background. But just in case we do. But, yo, since, you know, this Casamigos is hitting right, let me tell you what I don't like. Right? And then you have no excuse not to do it right. And so it's so light and airy and fun. It either becomes foreplay. There have been a couple times I tried to have the conversation and they came over. I was like, I was just playing. Okay. Or... The next time we do have sex, if I, like, give you a cue, you kind of already know what I'm talking about. So I like doing it proactively. So my question is, is it a red flag if you've had this prior conversation, you told them literally how you like it, what you want, and then it's it's done. It's like they completely do the opposite. Is it a red flag directly after, or do you work with it? I will say this. I will do one push. Like, I, I remember one time I grabbed somebody's face and I was like I, I remember like we I, talked about this like I, I made eye contact but I made it cute though but I was like remember and he was like oh right right and he like laughed and we kept going there was another time I tried that and he was like bitch I, I does this and I was like oh bitch I does this is not <laughs> I've had some traumatic experiences now, I think. clearly but you know what the thing is mask like again you don't know who you're dealing with until that moment though so i love those moments because it lets me know how open you are because there are people who act as if they're like yeah i'm debonair. I'm extremely open but I'm, I'm, debonair, also- I'm open you know i'm a fe- i'm a male feminist they say all this pretty shit and then it's time to have sex and they're you know it's like fred flintstone and so you have to sometimes try it out to see who's really and then there are other guys who you think are going to be pigs and they act super macho with their friends. And then it's time to make love. And, Care Bears. And it sounds like women's work by Maxwell's playing in the back. Uh-huh. Like, it's all tender and I've shit. had more of those experiences than less. I'm usually the more masculine one. Really? Not because I want to be. Not because I want to be. how tall are you? 6'1". Well, I mean, I, I feel like that doesn't look at Lamar's face. Being 6'1 has to do something. warm and tender. No, and you're I very don't feminine. like to be... The, the aggressor or the masculine one. But I feel like, again, it goes back to people are intimidated. And yeah. I'm like, I'm a woman. I love being a woman. Like, I'm a But you're spin- a tall drink of woman. Yeah. And you also are with the shits, Kara. Yeah. So a scale of 100, 1 to 100%, how masculine are you? Because we're all a combination of both. You can't say zero, bitch. <laughs> you can't be 6'1". No, I think I have a, professional a, basketball a cool, and be a zero. beautiful balance. I'm, I'm 50-50. I've oh. really worked on showcasing both of those for myself. Okay. 
I like me. You know, I be wearing my plant daddy hat. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a good combination of both. But you know, 50-50 is literally the mathematical equivalent of androgyny. So you're androgynous. So so you're you're comfortable with that. I'm absolutely I think you're stunning when you when you lean into that because androgyny doesn't mean male with a little bit of female female with a little bit of male it means the cohabitation of both in a beautiful kind mm-hmm. of way and it's taken me a long I'm, I'm 35 it's taken me a very long time to get to this space yeah. and I love every bit of it I'm not androgynous mm. I think for me I'm 30 70 like I'm, I think I'm 30 percent masculine and 70 percent feminine because even when I'm being masculine it's more dominatrix than daddy mm. does that make sense so it's like, I, I, I thought that I, uh, when I was younger, I was 50-50. I was definitely 50-50 when I was younger. But as I get older, I'm realizing that some of my masculinity was performative. It wasn't because it was natural. It was for protection. Oh, absolutely. I was in spaces where I had to buck up to like protect myself mm-hmm. because I was being taken advantage of if I was too soft. Mm. But when I'm safe, it's 30-70. I think I used to be about 30-70. So you went in the other direction. I was you... the other direction. And as I, as I get older... I could see it tipping down lower as far as being more feminine because I'm stepping into my warmth. I'm stepping into the woman who I believe I truly was meant to be. Would you ever date a femme then? Absolutely. But you'd be the daddy. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, and that's why it's 50. Okay. I was the daddy in one of my relationships. I was dating this Dominican stripper. Shout out to you, Beth Sida. And um, I didn't like it. I didn't Why like not? It. I don't enjoy dating femmes, not because I have a problem with it, um, but more so because I don't enjoy being the alpha in the relationship. I don't enjoy it either. I've actually never dated a femme, but I'm very open. Oh, okay. This is sort of into a center. <laughs> Kyra's open for business, y'all. You just heard that she just left her previous uh, situationship last month. We are on like day 60, like two mm. of our 100 day challenge. Um, the first 30 days dragged us for filth. The second 30 days set us free. Yeah. What do we want for this last 30 days? Because the whole point of the self-care challenge is to put ourselves first for 100 days. I put myself first-ish. So how do we yeah, end? Yeah, ish. ish. We've been first-ish. How do we end these last 37 or so days strong so that when you come back, we're not liars? Because we, we graded ourselves, first of all, when we did this. and Did we give ourselves an A? A B? No, it was definitely not an A. <laughs> it was a B. I think it was like a B minus. I think we're absolutely overzealous about it. Like, it was... We thought we were going to win-win. Oh, we were cocky. No, you thought you were going to get an A. I thought I was going to get a B. We both ended up getting a B minus. I still think <laughs> I'm going to get an A, y'all. Check it. Eventually. So, I, I struggled, and I was, you know, when we did, like, the midterm. This is, we're about midterm. It's a little over midterm. Two-thirds I in. was struggling, but a bitch got extra credit. Because I, I reclaim my power. You did cut off a very, very... Love. You know what I realized? I have not just cut off people that I was physically dating. I have given up... No, I don't say given up hope. That sounds sad. I've let go of holding out hope for people that I wanted to date. Mm-hmm. So they both matter, right? Mm-hmm. There are people that you're dating who are disappointing you, but there's also people that you're interested in that you're hopeful about. I've, I've just given up on all of that. Clean slate. No, literally. Like, because my thing is, anybody who wanted me by now would have come and got me. So I was like, why am I holding out hope for this motherfucker? So I've completely, like, started to clean slate. I said the same thing. I was like, if you wanted me by now, you would have came and got me. I'm and very accessible. We're beautiful, beautiful people. We're amazing People are in the people. DMs all the time. Like, oh, you're beautiful. Da, 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 da. You ain't came and got me yet. So that I must not annoying. be. 
Which like, one is better? Being the girl who gets dust and tumbleweeds or the girl who people sniff around but nobody's by? Like, because I feel like the sniff is like fuck with my spirit. Like, love, stop sniffing around me. Love the comments. Love, I love your energy. Da, 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 da. Y'all about to, I'm, you got I'm people confused. sold me to death. Like, I can't take one more compliment that doesn't lead to touching my wobbly. Let me stop. Let me stop playing. <laughs> like, I, someone literally complimented, complimented me at the event. Which one? Um, The Halloween party. Yes. And I didn't know how to respond. Yeah, because, I watched that. Yeah, I was, there was an awkward pause. Mm-hmm. She, You're so beautiful. And I was like. Yeah. And, and then I caught myself. You too. And I watched it happen. I was like, this is kind of hot. But uh, So me and Kyra spent Halloween together. What do I do with that? We were black witches for Halloween. We just went as ourselves. Like, we didn't buy a costume. We just pulled clothes out of our closets. Out of our closets. And the beautiful thing about uh, us spending Halloween together is that we were equally tired. We were like that Kim Kardashian skit. We were home by midnight. <laughs> I was in my bed in my pajamas by 11.30. But here's the funny thing, too, is we knew the night was over when we decided to go get fries. Here's the plan. The plan was first Halloween party, then go to my house to get some weed and re-up and, like, get excited and go to the second Halloween party. We have a joke that we always get fries during our adventures. So we went to the McDonald's drive-thru, got some fries, and then I was like, yo, I kind of want a sandwich. Kyra's like, I kind of want a sandwich too. So the fries turned into a full meal. And I was like, well, if we're getting a full meal, you know, Insecure came out tonight and we're missing it because it's Halloween. Next thing you know, fast forward. Whip that car around. We are dressed up in our Halloween costumes, sitting in the car, eating McDonald's meals, watching Insecure on our phone. The gag is the old boy next house is doing the same thing. I think a lot of people over 30 got dressed up for Halloween and by midnight were like, my feet hurt. Look. <laughs> like, I actually want to go home now. Look. I was like, we're driving to what we thought was a snack break. Another, or like, we just go yeah. smoke. And we're like, well, actually, I'm going to drop you off. Girl. Are you tired? I'm tired. But then I mentioned something about, oh, like, I need to go on vacation. And Kyra was like, I'm going on vacation. You could come too if you could find us, uh, you know, somebody else so we could double date. And I was like, wait. So if you're about that life, slide into the DMs. Yeah, I need a double date to go on vacation with Kyra and her new somebody. First of all, how do you feel when you're dating someone but you're not in a relationship yet? Because that's, that's a very interesting time to be in when you're like, oh, we're dating, but we don't go together, go together yet. Or has something changed since I talked to you 40 no, no, hours no, no, ago? No, no, okay. no, Nothing's changed, but I think it goes back to that, how I want to be both held and free. And I communicate that immediately. Right. And I'm always so overjoyed when I'm heard. And oh, yeah. Yeah, when I'm heard and when I'm seen and... There, there's no struggle with that. And I'm allowed to take up space in my own world and to, yeah. and to stay in my tiny homes that I build for myself emotionally, intellectually. Like, I, I, I have those. Um, and there's no pushback. And, th- and that person, they show up in that space when, when they just get it, when they feel it. Yeah. I, I will say one thing that I realized that you and I are both sensitive about that I am realizing looks like difficult to people who are not emotionally intelligent or old enough. Cause you know, I, I be dating them a little bit young sometimes. Um, I think part of my problem is I, because I date people who are a couple years younger than me, some of these things are not character flaws. They just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Right. But one thing that really gets on my nerves is when I'm trying to like process and you try to toxic positivity me mm. into dismissing my feelings. So if I say, Hey, I'm scared. It's okay. You can do it. No, wait, pause. Can we hold space for me being scared? For I know a I can do it, but let me be scared for a minute. I'm a bad bitch. I know it, but can I just have a moment of being like tender? Right? Like, and so if I come to you vulnerable, don't dismiss it with like a positive cliche, like hold space and acknowledge that I'm being vulnerable. Like, why are you scared? Like, are you, are you okay? Like, I completely understand that. But like when I get the, it's okay. You can do it. Just open your mind. Like what? 
I say those things for a living. I don't need I don't need that right now. I don't need the cliches. I just need you to hold space. And I'm realizing that a lot of folks are so used to seeing memes hmm. that they toxic positive you out of a moment where you just want somebody to listen to you. Yeah. I don't want you to fix this or dismiss it. Just hold space for it. And I don't it. always need your feedback. I'm working on that as well because it's part of part of my superpower is to how can I support you? Yeah. But I'm also I, I get to work on just listening. Yeah. And not giving unsolicited advice. Yeah, there's a question I, I I decided I'm gonna ask my next relationship. Do you want me to listen or do you want me to help you strategize? And and I'm I'm, I'm gonna be intentional about asking that in my next relationship because I I think I've been in spaces where mm-hmm. I'm so helpful to others that people who are interested in me are constantly in a strategy space with me because they want to show me that they're as smart as I am. And I'm like, really? Because I really just wanted to talk about how I was having a bad day and we can strategize tomorrow. And on, also, too, there's some judgment in it because sometimes there are some people who are used to having friends who constantly complain. Hmm. And so they're used to, like, having a solution because they're trying to help their complaining-ass friend stop complaining. Hmm. Because I'm always in a fixed space, when I complain to you, that's a rare moment. Don't treat me like the bitch who's always complaining. <laughs> like, don't be like, well, I just don't want you talking about it and not fixing it. I always fix it. Yeah. What do you mean? You don't want me to? I always fix it. Mm. Like it's rare that I even ask you for help. Like can so I think what I'm realizing is I can't date somebody who can't let me be vulnerable and soft and not have the answers without acting, acting like it's a character flaw rather yeah. than me just being human around them. And you are in a and you told me a beautiful story about how you were dating somebody new and you told them you didn't like something and they addressed it in the moment rather than being defensive. That's yeah. a turn on. How did that feel? It was sexy. It was so sexy. I need some of that. Um, and this is the current person who I'm, who I can shout out just, current person. I see your picture. You fine as hell too. Look, What's up? I'm looking for a, that, a fourth so we can that look. That sees me and hears me and understands like, and that person on, on the flip side, I, I remember asking them, um, "How can I support you for the first time?" And they were like, "No one's ever asked me that." And then to, on, for me to be able to be like, "How can I support you?" I I no one ever asked me that. You guys don't realize, for, when you're dating somebody who's emotionally intelligent, that is foreplay. I will say, though, and this is something that I, I want to talk to you about. There have been times in the past where I've recognized that not everybody has the same education or resources or access, right? Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your character. Yep. Because we are from coastal places and we've had a certain level of education and we're, we run in certain woke sets and whatnot, we have a certain privilege with the tools that we're armed with. Mm-hmm. When you're dating someone or interested in somebody who doesn't have those tools, it's easy for them to feel like, oh, I'm not good enough or smart enough for her because I don't know how to verbalize my feelings the way she does. And I recently realized that there was two people that I almost dated that we didn't date. And the women they dated after me, and I hate to use this word, were a lot more basic, not in the judgmental way, but basic is in the actual interpretation of the word as in fundamental. Like they only had the fundamentals as far as communication. Mm. And so these women were not equipped with any kind of evolved sense of emotional intelligence. They just want, I'm, I'm just a good girl who wants to find me a nice man to like build life with and stack money with. Right. And so I recognized that I was watching them have relationships with people who they didn't have to like stretch. Yeah. And to do me, the work, to, do the work to yeah. me. And so I was like, damn, that kind of hurts because I didn't judge you, mm. right? And all, and you had a choice between rising and stretching to meet me, mm. or devolving and doing what is considered like easy. Yeah. And you chose easy. How do you deal in those moments when you watch somebody make the easy choice because it's easier, not because it's more compatible? Because mm. I had to stop myself from judging 
myself or them in those situations. Because it's a hurtful thing. Yeah. I learned a big lesson from a, a beautiful woman who I dated um, a few years ago. And this was at a time where I... I was the one learning the lesson. Mm. And she literally said, like, I've already done that work. This isn't my work. Ooh. Like, I, I, I see you and I want to support you. But the work that you're doing, it's not mine. Wow. And then to show up in a space more recently and to be in that person's shoes and have to say the same thing, uh. it came full circle and I got it. I literally had to tell this person because my emotional security... Was, it was already there. Right. My emotional intelligence, excuse me, was already there. I cannot help you with that work. I've already done it. And that's not that's not me saying I'm better than you. That's right. not me saying that. Um, actually, it is me telling you I can't support you. It literally is. <laughs> She's like, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I can't give you what I ain't got to give. I've already, and I don't want to, I'm not in that mode to teach you. I don't want to teach you. That's something that you have to learn on your own. And, it's also, and here's the thing too. It's also something you have to want to learn. Because for me, Whenever, and this happens rarely for me, but whenever I'm around somebody that I'm romantically interested in who was ahead of me somewhere emotionally, I get excited about the opportunity to grow in the relationship. Mm, to do the work. And I find it so sexy and beautiful to learn in a relationship. And so I think for me, my cognitive dissonance comes from the fact of, why are you not excited? Why are you Like, I'm excited? gifting you this opportunity to level the fuck up. Why are you running? Like... It's like running from a lottery ticket. So I think for me, I had to realize, and my friend Damage always says this, Blue Night Bright thinks like you. Hmm. All my friends say this to me I'm, all the time. Yeah, I'm realizing Night Bright thinks like you. What you've seen as, a, as an amazing opportunity, somebody else sees as, as like, a, like a, a boogeyman. And so I'm running towards the growth and they're running from it. Hmm. And I had to learn not to judge them for which direction they're running in. Exactly. Because that that was I part of my last experience. I, have, I, I couldn't, everybody can't come. Everybody shouldn't come. Everybody shouldn't come. <laughs> and I realize it's part of how nice we are, how loving we are, that we want everyone around us that touches us, that we want them to win. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And, and for the sake of not being self-aggrandizing, is like there's, there's also ego in that for us. Mm -hmm. Because the ego says, my love is so pure, you should want to be better for Why me. Why you don't want to come? Like, I'm dope as hell. That's ego. And I had to tell myself, I have a lot of people who come to me as clients, and they're like, Blue, my problem is I love too much and my heart's too big. I was like, no, that's ego. You thought that your love could change a whole other human being, mm -hmm. and you realized that it wasn't your place and you weren't able. And that's it now, now it's place. fucking with your ego that you can't love somebody into being somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be like, Blue, that's, that is ego that you think that because your intentions are so good that somebody will want to come along. And so that kind of hurt. Yeah. So moving forward, right, we're talking about manifesting. What do we want to manifest in 2022 when it comes to not just our romantic relationships, but also in our friendships? Because we both know that friendship breakups can hurt just as mm -hmm. much as romantic breakups. You've watched me go through about 3,000. I've watched you go through Same. several. Yeah, it's been Same. a... Here's the funny thing, guys. Nobody ever tells you this. If you're going to do the work, it's impossible to have the same people at the end that were at the beginning. The group is going to shift a lot before mm -hmm. you get to the end. And nobody tells and you that. And they should. You should want it to. But it's a painful thing to learn the hard way because nobody tells you that. And so you're like, is something wrong with me? Why am I losing friends? You're like, no, they just have their own journeys that don't include you past this point. And I'm so over that at this phase. Like, I love you and I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to be in my life during that time. But I can let you go. I'm at that. I, I'm okay with letting you go. And also, too, sometimes the friends that you lose are the, the payment for the life that you want to live. Mm-hmm. Because I re recognized I had two friends that I I, I keep on saying I lost them. People are like, are they, are they dead? They're they were not never dead. yours. Yeah, but I keep on saying I lost my, a friend like somebody died. I have two friends that I no longer communicate with. They're still alive, guys. Mm -hmm. And I recognize 
the amount of energy that I put into those two friends, it'd be physically impossible for me to attract the kind of love that I want. Mm. Because I was loving them in a way that was so heavy, it didn't leave enough for a, a romantic relationship. Mm. So sometimes the love that you're trying to attract or the 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 come up or the blessing you're trying to... There's some friends I had who would not be happy for where I am in my career right now. Mm. So they had to go as well. And so you even told me a story about a friend who was like staying with you, but like was making googly eyes at somebody you were talking to. I wanted to fight that bitch. I don't even know who she is, but I wanted to fight her. Fix your face. Can we talk about that? I feel like if you are friends with someone and you are attracted to the person that they are dating, I would personally either see if I could get over my attraction or stop being their friend. I would stop I, being I, their I friend. would pull away. It's I would not continue easy. to be your friend if I want to fuck your man or your girlfriend. And so that story triggered me because I was like, well, if she was attracted to who you were talking to. Why was she still being friendly to you? And you mentioned the story and, and you can share as much as you want. How did it feel when you saw that person again? Because there's a narrative around, and I saw you do the tourist like blink. <laughs> Don't get fired. Because the girl from the south side of Chicago was ready to fight. Why did you want to fight? <laughs> You're so lovely until this. We're territorial, because guys. We're knew, tourists. They, We're territorial. Yeah, and they knew better. They didn't care. They, but they didn't care. You made a choice, and then you realize your choice is fucked up. So do, don't don't play coy with me. If you see me in public, just know better and don't come speak to me. I'm not going to be rude. I don't do you, like it. Do you know what I love about that story, though? In that, because I've been in that position before. You know, you know that I, I tend to date pretty motherfuckers that everybody else wants. I always take the high road. Yeah, and I'm also having to, like, fight people. Like, I wish that I had more medium, ugly people in, in my roster. Because I get so much heat for the people that I, I, I attract. Mm. And you know what it's like when people are trying to get with somebody that, you, that you're with because they're cute or whatever, or shiny. In that story, your friends stood up for you and said, hey, we're going to create distance between you and her. Now, you know, when I was in D.C. in a similar situation, it was the opposite. They were like, Blue, why are you tripping? Oh, no, my friends was about you that should, life. You should be able to be, hang out because we're all grown. I need you to stop saying we're all grown as an excuse for me dishonoring myself. If somebody feels emotionally unsafe, you can't use being grown as an excuse for them to put themselves in harm's way. No. And my friends got that because they, I love that they know me. They're like, oh, what you need? They was They was ready for it. And they, they knew in that moment that it was a space that I could not handle. Yeah, it was overwhelming. It was very overwhelming. And regardless if I could snap back and get it together, I could have show face and been cool with it. They immediately swarmed me with love and was like, and checked her immediately. Oh, I like, I need you to that. move around. Yeah, that's a good friend. I, and I, I used to be in situations where my friends were like, Blue, you're being too honest and you're inconveniencing with, with your honesty. Like me having oh. a moment where I'm like, hey... Somebody who tried to get with the person I'm dating is 10 feet away and she's smiling fake in my face. Can we create space? Well, we should all be able to be. In I think the old me would have been like, Kiki, haha, she could be here, whatever. That's oh. emotional violence, mm -hmm. guys. I'm too aware of what my emotional safety feels like for me not to know when it's when it's being compromised. And I now retroactively realize they were also used to dishonoring themselves yeah. that me honoring myself felt difficult. And I'm not in that place. I'm not in that place. So I'm I'm I was very proud of myself in that moment. To I was say, proud of you, too. Hey, this doesn't feel good. I need support. It was really hard to ask for support in that moment. I would have beat her, beat her up there if I was there. Oh, like I said, I, the <laughs> like, old me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm that friend. Don't fuck with my friend. The old me would have snatched her up, but. We're growing. I showed up as my higher self. Yes. Okay, let's pivot to the, the lightning round questions. All right. So, dating in LA, apps or nah? Yes. You say yes. Yes. I, the person who I am getting to know now, I found them on an app. Is it different when you're looking for other women? I feel like when you're looking for men, it's scarier. 
I don't know. I I was on the app about two days. Right, I, you I just out. it's a lot. <gasps> Girl, did I tell you I tried to go on the app and I got two hundred and ninety seven messages. Don't, don't open them. Two hundred and ninety seven. I will say it's the ghetto. And in, in, in thirty six hours, it's the ghetto. Nobody's that cute. Y'all just trying to smash. 297. It was, a, it was a lot. And there was a lot of weeding through that. Mm-mm. But mm. So you lucked out and you found so much. So I lucked guess. out. Yeah. I honestly think I'm so demisexual. And, and Erica was here for that last episode where we talked about I need to see you and smell you and breathe you to be attracted to you. Well, also in the app, I was just like, I don't want to be in this app all day. Right. Let's connect and get and, and figure out what this That's is. Smart. If we, we want to hang again at night. If, Biggest turn seconds. off in dating. Dishonesty. Mm. Liars. My other gift, I can read you for filth. So if you yeah. come to me and you lie to me and say some dumb shit, I'm gonna know instantly. My biggest, um, you will know cause, instantly. Kara's bullshit meter is actually really good. My biggest turnoff in dating currently, because I feel like it's, it's constantly, it's a new list every week. My current biggest turnoff is a lack of effort. Mm. If you're not enthusiastic, let's not just do this. Yeah. Don't reach out to me and say, oh, you want to connect and then fall off for a couple days. Yeah, LA is really big on lukewarm um, testing the water. Like, let me dip my toe in and see if you're still going to respond. Yeah. If you're not really into me, just leave me alone. Right. Like, don't waste my time. Biggest turn on in dating. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Up. Oh, I don't know. It's this thing like being up front. Tell me how it is right now. Like, That's what you want to do? Don't beat around a bush. That's a very earth sign. <laughs> don't be around the bush. Don't beat around a bush. My biggest turn on in dating is feeling like I'm considered in everything you do. Like feeling like, oh, like you're going to be gone longer than usual. So you send me a heads up like, hey, babe, I'm going to be gone for. So considerate. Feeling like you factor me into your daily moving around. Even if I don't see you all day, because I'm not really clean like that. Right. But knowing that you think of me when making decisions is a huge turn on. Because if I have to sit across from another grown person and say, so let's discuss how this obviously would make me feel. Mm-hmm. If you spend three se- if you spend three seconds thinking about how it make me feel, you would have gotten here. Right. And be considerate from the jump. Don't yeah. think like, oh, like we don't really know each other that well or oh, this is only early in the in the situation. No. no be considerate from the jump. That shit's gonna carry on throughout their whole experience. People have feelings all the time. So just because I've known you for a week doesn't mean I'm not gonna feel a way that you hit on my homegirl. Or just because I've known you for three days doesn't mean I'm not gonna feel a way that you lied and said that you were at home sleeping, but I saw your story. Like I'm gonna always have feelings with that. I'm in love with you. I'm judge you. Exactly. Um, what are your petty turn-ons? The things that are petty that turn you on. Oh. Oh, you just Kara just scratched the back of her head. Uh huh. Skip. What? Why are you skipping petty? Turn-ons? Well, not skip. I want to know your answer first. I'm trying to think. Okay. I'm stalling. My petty Best. turn-ons are. I like someone who's not too friendly with strangers. Oh, I don't like mixy people. Like, I, I don't want to be like, here's the thing. I don't want to be dating somebody who's smiling in everybody's face. Oh, you fake. And now look at Lamar. Look, Lamar. No, you fake. Yeah. But you're not in a relationship though, Lamar. Lamar said I'm, I'm mixy, but you're also single, right? If, if I'm in a relationship with you, here's the way that it, it works. There's me trusting you. And then there's me trusting the other bitches. I tend to date really charismatic people who don't realize the way that you get me is how you're going to get everybody else. And so if you're making prolonged eye contact in these LA streets and we all in the industry know each other, car, you mm-hmm, know this. Yep. 
I can't tell you how many times I got a phone call. Oh, that guy that I thought you were talking to, I just ran to him at such and such. Everybody know everybody. So I need for you not to be having lingering stares with people. So now they're thinking that, oh, Blue's Blue, look, he wants me. Now I'm in the street looking stupid because you're being mixy and fucking friendly. Right. So, yeah. So for me, I want to date somebody who went, even when I'm not around, everybody's clear what it is and what it isn't. Oh, I'm stealing that one. I like that. Yeah, don't be too mixy if we're together. Yeah. Because women are not going to judge you as the guy. They're going to be like, oh, I'm so fine that I could get blue. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. Sense. I like that. What's a what's a, a petty turn off? Oh. My petty turn on is somebody who is not too friendly. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Don't be too friendly. Don't be too friendly. Mm. And I've actually had guys tell me, Blue, you're being too friendly. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm a hypocrite in this sense. Like, I'm so friendly to everybody that I had to check myself that I hate when, when people do it to me. But you're I had to check. You're very friendly, Kara. I'm just nice to him. See, nice. but, but, but if your partner said that, you'd want to fight them. So we have to check ourselves. True. Okay, so take it back. We're acknowledging the hypocrite within. So don't Damn. be too mixy. What's your, what's your petty turn off, though? Something that shouldn't turn you off, but you're like, it's not for me. What? It's probably that one. Like being being too. That's a turn. If someone else did, it's a fucking turn off. So the ever. So yes. Yeah, so so our thing is, if you're unfriendly wow. and all about us, that's a turn on. But, I, but friendly, I can be friendly. Off. But we're friendly as fuck, so we're hypocrites. We're gonna work on that. No, we're, we're gonna, gonna work on that. We're gonna support each other. So now that I know that you're seeing someone that you enjoy, Ooh. if you smiling too hard in somebody's face, I'm gonna pull you aside like Kara. You're being a hypocrite. Check me. It's cool. My petty turn off. Mm. Someone who blames cancel culture for any sense of education about how to be better. Example. It is 2021. If you are still saying female to describe a woman in her entirety, you are behind and you sound like a Neanderthal. And in a relationship, I would say that to you in a much more loving way, right? I'd be like, hey, female is like this female dogs, this female cats, this mm. female, it's, it's a species. We call men men, but we call women females. That's actually derogatory. We didn't know that from for about 20, 30 years in hip hop, right? right? These females, but I'm a man. So I'm a female, which could be any species, but you're a man though, which is very human. So only men and women are human. Females are actually any animal species. Which makes no sense. So when you're calling a fe- woman a female, it's one step above calling her a bitch. A lot of men and women did not know this, which is fine, right? But if I tell you, hey, babe, don't say female, and I explain to you why, well, you know, this fucking stupid cancel call. Wait, why are you? I've never dated a person who's done that. I, I Most people I know use the word female and, and, and are finding out from me that it's, that it's considered. But here's the thing. I'm not going to judge you if I'm the first person to tell I'm you. I'm just going to pull you to the side. But and, like, don't cuss this. me out because I'm trying to make you look better. In the sh- like the whole point of being in a relationship is to make your partner better. Perfect example. When I'm drunk, I point at people. <laughs> like you see her over there. And my friend be like, Blue, you can't be pointing at people. That's rude. But you don't see me wanting to fight you and punch you in the face because you just told me I, c- I can't point in somebody's face when I'm drunk. Obviously, I'm wrong and you're helping me evolve, mm-hmm. right? In the same way, don't say that you are a renaissance man talking about, well, these females. We both men just look at you like you're crazy. I, we both just taught each other something. But there's some people who be like, oh, I didn't know that. And they'll ask questions. There are people who be like, ah, oh, fucking cancel culture. And I'm just like, you can't blame everything on cancel culture. We ha- we're all evolving. And so somebody who gets mad when it's time to evolve turns me the fuck off because mm. what you're saying is the way that you you and your boys on the street know 
you do not want to ever get past that mm-hmm. because that's how you grew up and evolution means nothing to you. So to me, people who don't want to evolve, huge turnoff. Because mm. guess what? I'm a really smart person. So if we're going to be in a relationship, there's going to be a lot of times where I'm going to learn something new that I'm going to bring home to you. Right. And hopefully there'll be time when you learn something that you bring home to me. Right. Okay. So yeah, being adverse to learning mm. turns me all the way off. Okay. Look all at right. face. Well, look, well, I'm thinking like really quick what else I don't like because... I guess dating someone who constantly uses themselves as an example when they when they're telling stories. Oh, I struggle with that. Explain and it happens that. a lot in that's LA. That's common. Yeah, explain that. So you're you're out somewhere, you're doing something and they're like, "Well, well I well, I did this. This is what happened to me." Uh, and why does that bother you? Explain to the cuz I bet you it's 80% the of the audience does it. It's the ego every time. Why do you uh, have to use yourself as an example to ex- either explain something? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, if you were dating somebody and you said that, they'd be like, you know what? I never thought of it that way. But we all do it. But if you're constantly doing that, mm-hmm. I don't. you don't need to use yourself as an example. I can discern. I can I can I like that. pull my own example of empathy and compassion without it being you directly. It's it's very narcissistic to me. It's also very normalized. There's a lot of it's really very narcissistic normalized. things that are normalized. And, it, and, and I always find it so fascinating. Um, another thing, too, is somebody who does, like super thirst traps all the time they need attention because here's the thing a thirst trap every once in a while is cute like yes baby you better flex look like, show them what you got yeah that shit is cute they're like look at you remember you were fine today but if you remember you fine 364 uh, 365 days now you're just begging for applause and that makes me nervous it's a lot all right um second chances yay or nay nay why because it means I didn't learn my lesson the first time. Oop. And yeah, I'm putting myself through trauma after trauma after trauma. We've learned that lesson. Yeah, I think for me, my second chances only happen if we never really dated. It was just a situationship. If we were like in a weird okay. courtship okay. or like we never fully like had a relationship, I might give it a second Absolutely. chance because the first chance didn't even finish. Yeah. Did it but, start? Yeah, like it's, it's it's like a second chance at a first go. Yeah. But if we flat out dated, no, no, absolutely no. You ready for the final question? Yeah. What is the biggest lesson that you have learned about yourself over the last two years? Hmm. I know. There's mm, there's there's a lot that I've learned uh-huh. over the last few years because I think about a lot of the hard things that I've learned during the pandemic. I've had to I've I've had to sit with myself a lot during this time. Um biggest lesson, I matter. Oh, I matter. I have been in so many situations where I've constantly if I'm telling you if I poured into myself as much as I poured into everyone else I love, friends, yeah. family, lovers, you can tell me nothing. I'd be more joyful. I'd be rich. I'd be all the things that, that that people talk about happiness, success. I'd be my cup would runneth over. That you matter. I had to learn that the hard way these last two years. I think the lesson that's a really good one. That you matter. I think the lesson that I've learned the most in the past. Um, two years is how hard it is for me to put myself first. Mm, it's it's really hard. And I realized that the reason why I wasn't putting myself first is because so much of my value was in the impact that I had on others. 
And so I needed to turn it inward and put more value into the impact that I have on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel so good when I can help somebody else, right? Because, you know, we both had interesting childhoods. Absolutely. And so I always told myself, well, if I can help somebody, then mm-hmm. that fucked up shit that I went through had a purpose. Yeah. But then I realized that fucked up shit that I went through have, has a purpose if I can help myself. Yeah. For me, I've got to use that. It works for me. It's hard when you when you live a life of service. I know. Uh, and and it's so funny, and I'm going to talk about this more in the next episode. The next episode of Humanize is going to be a, du- a special dub episode. We'll talk about that later. Um, I had a past life reading last week, and it was interesting because the lady, the medium who was doing the reading said, you actually didn't have to come back this time. Hmm. She said, you learned all your lessons. You've been had so many past lives. You learned all your lessons. You purely came back this time to be of service. Mm-hmm. So she's like, if you, so I was, I realized, I was like, that's why, probably why I'm struggling to be selfish because I enjoy being of service so much that when it's just me, I'm like, well, this is boring. Like, it's just going to be me mm-hmm. and me. But I'm having to lean into a healthy version of being selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm on a similar path. And what I've latched on to as well is I'm here to disrupt a bit too. Oh, hell yeah. Let's fuck shit yeah. up. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally here to fuck some shit up. In a way that doesn't leave me exhausted. Yeah, we're going to talk about that when you come back. And she will be back, ladies and gentlemen. The episode is called She Got Game featuring Takara. I know your name is, last name is Ross, but we always call you Takara Renee. Do you want to go by Takara Ross? Takara Renee. Everything on my socials is Takara Renee. You're such, that's such an actress name. I love it. Um, the episode is called She's, She's Got Game. Do you think you have game? I got hella game. Really? Hella game. On and off the court. I love that. I don't think I have game. I've got game. I think I don't. I don't think I have game. I just think that I'm. Um, You're not gonna game me. No, but you know, game is like that ability to be like, hey, baby, you know, like I don't think I'm a like a. I'm not a, a, a cat. So daddy. when I think about game, I think about being able to work any space that I'm in for my own advantage, not in a oh. not in a manipulative way. Okay, then, then the game case. is the game is for me. The game is for me to own what. Own my energy, own my power. Uh-huh. That's the game I got. Oh, if that's the definition that we're using, then I definitely Look. have game because I can do that. Look. You, you see we, how, look, you see we how, got game. You see that? You see how she just poured it into me? Nothing manipulative, but um, I'm standing in my power. That game is mine. And also, so I, I do wish the English language had a different definition for the word manipulative because... Manipulation in its purest form means the ability to move things around in order to get a desired effect, right? Unfortunately, the way manipulation is used more commonly is for a sinister outcome. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's self-serving. Yeah. And so I honestly feel like when you're watching a telethon and you watch this person make a plea and you pull out your wallet and give $20 to feed the, the hungry children, you've been manipulated in that moment. But it's a, a healthy, noble version of manipulation. Mm-hmm. So We don't talk about that enough. I, I'm wondering what's the other word that can encapsulate a healthy version of being manipulative? Because I think we all know how to manipulate. It's just that we all do it for different reasons and the intention is where people get skewed. There's those who manipulate for self-serving reasons and who are dastardly individuals like supervillains. Right. And there are those of us who, you know me, Kara, if I get an invite or access to anything, what do I, the first thing I do? Hey, who wants to come? Like, right. I'm always looking out for my people. You're the same way. We're very much into tribalism. But that's manipulative, right? Like we're using the system to manipulate it to help our people get in. It's, it's part of how we serve. So how do we, what's another word for manipulating for good and not evil? We'll talk about it on the next episode. See, that's a great segue. Um, I had some verbiage, but I didn't write it down. Actually, I did. Hold on. Before we go, I forgot this. I had something that I wanted to do that I almost forgot. 
bring this big ass bag up on the screen. Takara, I wanted to gift you with a candle. Here you go. You guys know that the show is sponsored by Blue Centric Shop, where you can get all your um, spiritual candles and intention candles and goodies. And I'm, I meditated on our time together, and I was told to give you this like a candle. Little, a little kid in the Christmas. Get closer to the, the microphone so they can see you. Well, I didn't want to have like the scrunchiness no, the by ASMR, the No, the ASMR, girl. They like that shit. They like ASMR. <laughs> So my candle was heal thyself. It's a heal thyself candle. Show it to the camera. Heal thyself candle. That's the back of it, girl. Wait, no, it's the front of it. No, the, it? no, oh. it's the back of it. <laughs> I love my friends. Isn't she a beautiful candle model? And what does the back of it say, love? Sometimes when you think things are falling apart, they're really just falling into place. And that is the ending mantra that I wanted for us. Because I feel like every time I think things are falling apart for me or you, we find out that Shit is just making room for something better. Which and is like amazing. we like we always do, and of course it's never ever planned, um, we find each other. Always. In the moments of when we feel like life is falling apart, we mm-hmm. find each other, we pour in, into each other. Oh, and we just love on each other and we're back to our normal joyful, joyful selves until we fall apart again because that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, normal and it's, it's very a, much life. It's a cycle. And what's crazy is when we first met, I hit you up on Facebook because it was a picture of you it was like Marie and like five other people. Hmm. And I was like, she's shiny. I need to have her in my life. And I've literally never in my entire life hit up a complete stranger like that. But I was like, no, this she feels kindred. I do it all the time. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, do all, I, I do it all the time in the I sense don't. of like, but it's rare. But right. I, I do it enough to, because I'm, I'm low-key collecting this little tribe of just beautiful humans. You're very good at that. I had to purge my old tribe first. So I'm mm. starting a brand new tribe. So bring me into the Those fold. of us who who I know what I need and I know we, ha- we have the same aspect mm-hmm. of just needing to just fill each other up in a yeah. certain way. I'm collecting those people. And those people who are in my life right now and understand that I love that. I appreciate you and I love you so much for that, including Blue. Oh, I love that. And for those who are looking for new friends, I have new openings. Um... <laughs> You know what's so beautiful is that, like, I feel like my current friend group is small but mighty. Yeah. And I, I, I love who has is left. Mm. Um, but I recognize that there's room for, you know, new yeah. love to happen. And they don't always stay. Yeah. But I collect them for that season. No, but you're very good at staying in touch with people, though. Yeah, like, I do like my best. When we met, I was in D.C. and you were overseas. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we both now live in, in L.A. and you're like And you've been one of the only me. people who, I think it's like four of you. That always check in. Yeah. That always check in no matter where I am. Are you okay? How can I support because you? You're, because you're so generous, it would feel like almost ungrateful not to check in on you. Mm. And I just wish that people thought of it that way. Like if somebody is pouring into you, why wouldn't you want to see if right. they're okay? And it's cool. I'm not one of those people who after, you know, did you need to do it every month, every couple of weeks, six months from now, just check in. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I feel like I'm going to see you like tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Heal Thyself Candle, I want you to light that. Because you have been through a lot of transition over the past couple of weeks in particular. Yeah. I'm not going to say your business. But yeah, definitely like that. But write down what you want to heal from and what you want to like heal towards. Because mm. when we think of healing, we all, all often think about getting over something. Mm. We sometimes heal our way into being ready for stuff too. Yeah. So let's I think, think that's about what's happening. Oh, So me and Kara, when I find my person, we can finally have that double date. We're ready. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the double date. The next time you come back, we're going to talk about who I'm manifesting. Because... You guys, uh, I had a, a crazy date on Friday. I can't get into it because the show's about to wrap. But I was, look at Kara's face. Fuck. I was scared for my safety. And, and I, Takara was my phone a friend. 
when I ran out the Always restaurant. have a phone a friend. Because I was ready to pull up. Half asleep in slippers, but I was ready to pull up. Yeah, my nightmare um, uh, date, uh, we're going to cover that in, in next week's episode, which is going to be a special double episode all about love and friendship. But that date girl we'll talk in the car all right guys as always if you like what you heard please give us a five-star review subscribe to the show on apple spotify or youtube and for those of you who want to see the videos from each episode early releases and bonus content will be available on our patreon that's patreon.com backslash backslash blue centric and of course if you want to get any candles or anything like that go to bluecentric.com um sorry bluecentricshop.com and guys cara you have to come back Yay, we're gonna have you. you come back probably like around the um the end of the year and we could talk about okay because our hundred days will be up it will be up and i want to see how we end this yeah because girl we collect in a bag yeah we have 40 days to, to end on a high note and we will i love you bye guys are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.